Hello, survivalists. This is the crux, true survival stories. I'm your host, Casey McIntosh. Today, I will be telling you the story of John Coulter's run. We're stepping into the past for this one, all the way back into the 1800s. Join me in my time machine. So I'm a little bit nasally still. I'm just getting over my cold still, but hopefully that won't be too distracting. John Coulter was one of the first mountain men. As he spent months alone in the wilderness, John was a member of Lewis and Clark expedition from 1804 to 1806. Although he was a part of this memorable expedition, he's also remembered as the first European man to set foot into the Yellowstone National Park and to see the Tetons. In 1809, while trapping beavers on the Jefferson River, Coulter and his friend John Potts were surrounded by several hundred Blackfeet Indians and Coulter was forced to run for his life. John Coulter was born in Stewart's Straff Colony in Virginia in 1774. The family relocated to Maysville, Kentucky. It's not known if John was literate, but we do know he could write his own name. So I didn't see anything where he had written anything, and my guess is that with all the exploration he was doing, that if he was able to actually compose a sentence, he would have been writing journals or something. That's my guess. Also, because he was traveling with Lewis and Clark and, you know, they did a lot of documenting. He may have worked as a ranger under the command of Simon Kenton, who was a U.S. frontiersman and soldier. And maybe that's where he got some of his skills. Meriwether Lewis hired Coulter in 1803 as he was impressed by Coulter's outdoor experience and frontier skills. He was offered the rank of private and was paid $5 per month. Raking it in. Yeah. I'm sure that was actually pretty substantial at the time. It'd be interesting to to look, to find out, to calculate that. John proved himself to be a challenge at times. I think he was a little spicy. During the winter of 1803-04 in Wood River, north of St. Louis, Lewis and Clark went to get supplies and gave strict instructions for the men to stay put. Coulter and three others disobeyed and went to the whiskey shop. And they were later punished by being confined to their rooms for 10 days. Yeah, and I'm not really sure whether or not this was the same time or another time, but he was court-martialed after he threatened to shoot Sergeant John Ordway. And I think he actually threatened to shoot this guy when John got in his way of going to the liquor store. But he later apologized and he promised to straighten out his behavior. Coulter was one of the best hunters in the Lewis and Clark expedition. He was also proficient at finding routes through the Rocky Mountains and the Bitterroot Mountains, indicating that he had a knack for reading land features. He was just a natural, honestly. He crossed the continent to the Pacific Ocean with Lewis and Clark. He was entrusted with many duties that were beyond what was expected of his comrades because of his sturdy health, he had great work ethic, and he had a ton of abilities and skills. He's also well-versed at communicating and bartering with many of the native tribes. Coulter left the Lewis and Clark expedition two months ahead of schedule on honorable discharge. He had met two trappers during the expedition in North Dakota, two men, uh, Joseph Dixon and Forrest Hancock. These two men were frontiersmen as well, and they were headed to the upper Missouri River in search of beaver furs. And so John guided them back to the river, the Missouri River. The trio traveled to Three Forks, the conjunction of the Gallatin, Jefferson, and Madison rivers, where they worked together for a few months, but that didn't really go over as planned. I don't know if there were personality difficulties or what. 
The following year, Coulter was heading back to St. Louis when he met Manuel Lisa, along with his trappers working for the Missouri Fur Company, which was also known as the Manuel Lisa Trading Company. The fur company was one of the earliest traders and merchants from 1809 to 1830. The group was made up from a bunch of different fur traders and merchants from Cascania, Illinois, and St. Louis. The traders collaborated with numerous native tribes. Coulter ended up guiding the group of traders to the Bighorn River in Montana, where on the Yellowstone River, he aided in the construction of Fort Raymond, which was also known as Manuel's Fort. It was the first trading post that was created and maintained by Europeans in Montana. They began in November of 1807, building temporary shelters and trading a trading house with a loft. During the winter months, Coulter was sent to uh, um, the homelands of another native tribe to alert them of Manuel's fur company and their desire to trade with the natives and have a hospital hospitable relationship with them. John traveled with some other native tribes and their route was uncertain, but they covered approximately 500 miles crossing the Wind River Mountains, the Tetons, and he was possibly the first non-native man to view Jackson Hole and Yellowstone Lake. Much of his travels again, was the dead of winter, and the nighttime temperatures were estimated at negative 30 degrees Fahrenheit. He also, he's also one of the first Europeans to see, maybe the first European to see thermal hot pots in Yellowstone National Park. And yeah, when he returned to the trading post, he was telling the men, the trappers about this, and they all thought he was just blowing smoke. Yeah, they were super skeptical of him, and they Um, Actually, Yellowstone was later known as Coulter's Hell. The following year, 1808, Coulter reunited with a former member of the Lewis and Clark expedition near Three Forks, John Potts. They began trapping again in that area. Both of the men were wounded in a fight against the Blackfoot tribe as they led some Crow natives to Fort Raymond, which again was that fort that the trappers put together. Ultimately, they didn't have any fatal injuries. So anyway, they didn't have a great relationship with the Blackfeet, and it's hypothesized that it could have had some something to do with Captain Lewis, who had killed a Blackfoot Indian in 1806 when one of them had been caught stealing horses from them. So after this incident, the Blackfeet despised white men and killed them without mercy, quote unquote. So I don't know. I mean, is this really true? Might be, might not be. But they were a force to be reckoned with, and you had to be really careful and respectful of their space. Coulter and Potts realized that they ran a risk of encountering Blackfeet when they were out trapping, and they considered the risk, but they proceeded with caution. To reduce some risk, the duo set their traps in the night, picking them up early in the morning, and stayed off the water during the day, keeping a low profile. One early morning, as they paddled quietly up a small creek in their canoe, collecting their traps, they heard some trampling on the bank. It is said that Potts thought the trampling belonged to Buffalo and Coulter thought immediately of Native Americans. Either way, there was not time to react and there's a pretty good chance that they were seen already anyway. I don't know why these uh, warriors would have been in that area headed towards them if they weren't visualized first. You know what I'm saying? Before either of them had any time to take a breath, they were surrounded by Blackfeet on bull shorts. There were hundreds of them. The warriors beckoned the men to exit their canoes and come to the shore. Coulter knew there was no escape. 
he just was like, all right, well, this is it. It is what it is. He paddled to shore and he had Pot's rifle. A warrior actually attempted to pull the rifle out of his hands, but Jong was a super strong guy and he wrestled it out of the native's hands and he tossed it down to Potts, who attempted to paddle into the middle of the river in his canoe against Coulter's instructions. Potts was struck by an arrow by a warrior and he shot back in response. And within minutes, he was shot down by multiple arrows that killed him. It was like over pretty quickly. Despite giving himself up to the natives, Coulter was still at the mercy of the Blackfeet, who in this situation were merciless. They, they, they knew they were going to kill him. It was just a matter of how. That was the plan from the get-go. They just wanted to derive some kind of entertainment out of it, I believe. They spent some time pondering the most grueling and slow death that they could impose on Coulter, and many ideas were considered. They pulled him to their camp and removed all of his clothing. Coulter had some ideas about his upcoming fate. He had heard stories from Flathead and Crow tribes. You know, he communicated with a lot of the tribes. Um, So I think he'd probably heard stories about what the Blackfeet did to their enemies. When the chief inquired about Coulter's running ability, Coulter said that he was not a very fast runner. Because I think he knew what they were up to. The, The chief then told the warriors of his plan. The prisoner would be released and chased down in a foot race by the warriors, and the winner of the race, the warrior that was first to catch Coulter, would take Coulter's life. The chief gave Coulter a 300-yard head start, telling him to escape if he could. I'm sure those were his exact words. Coulter gathered every ounce of courage and energy he could sum up. I'm surmising this, of course. Now remember, he's naked and he has no footwear, by the way. So I'm picturing him standing in an open field naked, And the warriors are lined up. They're probably betting on who could take him down. They're gripping their weapons with excitement. They're probably hooting and hollering. They're like, you know, they're ready to go. So on your marks, get set, go. Coulter was off in a fury of adrenaline and anticipation, along with pain as he ran over numerous prickly pear that cut into his feet with nearly every step. He ran with such desperation that three miles into the chase, he finally gets the guts to look back and he sees one warrior and the warrior has a blanket and a spear. He just turns back around and, you know, continues to run. After about one more mile, John's nose just starts to bleed profusely. Just It just started out of the blue. It's splashing onto his shoulders, chest, down his abdomen. It's just gushing. When he looked back again, he saw that the warrior was closing in on him. He jumped with a sudden burst, flinging his arms out at his side. This either shocks the warrior or the guy's exhausted because he attempted to throw his spear in that moment and he lost his balance. Coulter took the opportunity to grab the pointed end of the spear and he broke it off. And the warrior lost his balance again, this time falling on his back. And Coulter used the spear and drove it entirely through his chest to the earth below. Coulter retrieved the spear and the blanket and he continued to run towards the river. After reaching the edge of the river, he jumped in and swam downriver toward an island in the middle of the river that was piled up with driftwood. It was lodged on the upper end of the island. He made a few attempts to hide himself under the driftwood, and finally he was able to kind of shift some of the pieces to find a space where, number one, he could breathe, and number two, he could hold his body against the force of the river. There he waited, 
and soon after the Blackfeet warriors were again at the river. They patrolled the river for hours, or what probably felt like days for John, and some of them even swam out to the island and climbed around on it and walked around on this driftwood island. He was a bit concerned that the warriors would suspect that he was hiding there and set the driftwood on fire, but luckily the thought must not have occurred to him that he could be underneath the driftwood. I don't know. When night fell, Coulter removed himself from the protection of his hideout and started to float downstream. A while later, he swam to shore and started walking to Manuel Lisa's fort, which was 250 miles away. He had the warrior's blanket and a spear. He was able to sustain himself on roots and made the trek in 11 days, wearing a beard and a blanket. He was emaciated, bloody, and limping. Can you imagine? I don't know what time of year this was. I didn't see anything that specified the time of year. Must have been relatively warm because otherwise you're not going to be sitting in the river naked for hours and not get hypothermic or something. This guy is, was incredible. So he survived. He later returned to St. Louis and got married to a woman named Sally, and they bought a farm together in New Haven, Missouri. Interestingly, he met up with William Clark and provided him with details of his exploration since the time that they had parted. Clark used the information to create a map, which is the most comprehensive map of the region that was used for explorations over the next 75 years. Which is crazy, if you think about it. So he's just like, oh yeah, I wrote... Well, not only that, but he had, maybe he drew pictures when he was, when he was traveling, because otherwise, how would you explain to someone where you had been when you traveled 500 miles during the war of 1812 Coulter enlisted. And unfortunately he died shortly after enlisting. And it said cause of death was jaundice, but I'm assuming that he had liver failure of some type. He was buried near Miller's landing. Sources are a little bit conflicting about the date of his death. I just think it's so unfortunate that he died of something like that because he was like superhuman. I mean, even before this, this run, which they call Coulter's run, even before that, the stuff that he had done was just unreal, totally unreal. The amount of miles that he traveled and the stuff that he did just blows me away. That's all for today. Thank you guys for joining us this week on the crux true survival stories. If you guys have anything to share with us, please feel free to email us at the crux survival at gmail.com. And if you enjoy listening, please leave a review on Apple podcasts. Thanks guys. Hope you have a great week and stay alive until next time.